Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. In this week's episode of the podcast, I've got something a little bit interesting for you. Or someone a little bit interesting. Here's why. Because quite often you hear about property investors who do property and estate agents that do estate agency and most agents don't buy property. But today I'm joined by Vito Lanelli and Vito is a estate agent or former estate agent who does property, did a little bit while he was an agent and I thought it'd be worth digging into that brain of his about the differences between agents and property investors and also what he's up to in property. So thanks for joining us Vito. Thank you for inviting me. Um, yeah, so really interesting this about estate agents, property investors, because a lot of people, I mean, a lot of our listeners think that they should get their property investment advice from an estate agent because the estate agent is the person selling the house. So um, I'm going to get your thoughts on some of that in a few mm. minutes. But before I get thoughts on that, um, who are who is Vito? I know you're based in Buckinghamshire, right? So, yeah. so what were you doing before you started to become the, the full-time sort of property investor? What was life like? What were you doing? I had my estate agency. I had it for 17 years. I've been in the estate agency for about 25 years and had my estate agency and then I'd had enough. Right. I'll so 17 years where you owned your own? Yes. And what, eight years working for someone else? That's correct, yes. Right. And then after 25 years, you had enough of what? I've been on the dark side right. of, uh, of property. Um, you just, I've just lost the, the love for it. Right. I knew it was time to actually get out. The so you're right. on the wrong side of the fence. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So um, for people that, be, and I meet these a lot, people that say, um, you know, I asked the estate agent what it was worth and I asked the estate agent if it was a good rental and I, um, I, I'm asking the estate agent, the estate agent is teaching me about property investment. Um, as an estate agent, did you understand, really understand, what buy-to-let property investment was? All we understood was you had 25% and you put 25% down, you can go and buy a property. Right. That's all really an agent knew. They did not know anything else about property investment and the different strategies. And over 25 years as an estate agent, did you actually buy property? We did, yes, yeah. but not enough. Not enough, okay. Um, what made you... You know, when you, you said you were, you decided you had enough of a state agency, what, when was that? Uh, probably about 2015 onwards, I was actually starting to get a little bit tired of it. So I okay. sold in 2018. So 2015, you started thinking about it, and 2018, you sold it? Yes. And then when you sold it, had you already started to do property more for yourself, or did that come afterwards? Uh, I had six months break, right. and then I decided, what am I going to do? Uh, and that's when I thought, well, I still love property. It's still, you know, it's still inside me. Right. And how can I sit on the other side of the fence now, really? Right. So what did you do then? Um, I started seeing what was out there. Um, obviously, I did what a lot of people do. You start um, seeing what's on the internet. You start getting recommendations. And then it's when I, I, uh, I found Progressive Property. Okay. So as an estate agent of 20-odd years, 17 years owning your own one, when you decide to not sell houses anymore, but just go buy some for yourself yes. and do stuff for yourself, why did you think you needed to come to some place like Progressive Property to learn how? Surely 
you already knew how, or a lot of our listeners would think, well, did you not know enough about property being an agent for 20 years, 25 years? So could you not have just done it alone? You know something, you know what property is, you know how to value a property, but when people started saying to me, you can go and buy a property with no, none of your own money, and there's different strategies, that's something we were never taught. We were just literally taught to go and value a property, put it on the market, and get the best price for the seller. Right. Yeah, so there was a lot of gaps. A lot of gaps, yeah. yeah. Um, now, having been years in the estate agents and you do hear about no money down, yes. um, is no money down possible? 100%, and I've got the proof of one as well. We'll talk about done. that then yeah. in a while. Yeah. Um, so you came to Progressive. Yes. What year was that? Uh, came to Progressive in uh, 2020, just a couple of months before the lockdown. Right, uh, so perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a Masopi in London. Right, so multiple Masopi is, for anyone listening, Masopi is Progressive's flagship three-day event, which is multiple streams of property income, where you hear about lots of different ways to do property, from um, single let, bite to lets, to service accommodation, to deal packaging, to the no money down techniques, to commercial conversion, um, and mm. lots of other stuff as well, like tax, marketing, systems, etc. So you went to a multiple streams of property income in London, um, you've seen a bunch of people wearing crazy stripy pyjamas, shirts, um, and what did you decide to do then? I decided to actually invest. You were on the stage that day. I was. And, you were, and, uh, and I thought, well, it, it, you know, we want some of this. I know what you thought. You thought if that idiot on stage could do this, <laughs> anybody can. <laughs> you were great that day, and, and I just thought, yeah, I, 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 want it, I want some of this. And I was loving the strategies I was learning about, just sitting down. And I thought, yeah, it, there is another side, and that was yeah. it opened up my mind, and I think that's that's the important bit. Because being an estate agent, your mind is closed. So what sort of stuff have you done? So we've now got a serviced accommodation uh, management business where mm. we've got some of our own properties, and in total, we've got twenty-two properties. See, so you walked in the door of multiple streams of property income in London just before the lockdown in twenty twenty. Yes. Fast forward three odd years, you got 22 properties in running as SAs, some that you own, some that you manage. Yes. Okay. And in terms of managing them, so obviously a lot of people talk about getting properties and running them as serviced accommodation. Yes. You could buy them. Yep. You could rent them and run them as serviced accommodation. And then I guess you can also just take on other people's and run them for yes. them. So how does the, the buying bit, I get, you yep. buy a property, you run it, the... Um, Renting bit, you rent it, and rather than paying a mortgage, you just rent it yes. and make the profit. Yes. And then I guess the, the, the fact you, you manage them for other people, you, do you not feel like you're back to being the agent again? Not at all, not at all. What's we, the difference? The difference is we started off with rent-to-service accommodation. Yeah. Um, so it was the quickest way to actually get into it. It gave us good cash flow. Obviously, there was a couple of bits there that could be purchased as well. But with the managing side, we knew everything about service accommodation. Yeah. We could actually advise the client correctly mm. and we felt confident and we still do feel confident that we can actually go ahead and do that. And we don't, ha it, it's completely different. I don't feel like an agent at all. I actually do feel like a property investor who is looking after my investors and looking after my landlords. Yeah. So it is completely different mindset. When you were in a state agent, did you just sell houses or did you rent them as well? Did you do lettings? We did uh, sales and rentals. Sales and rentals. Yeah. I guess, in my head, letting agency rentals, you're dealing with tenants and tenant issues and almost sometimes 
um, tenant issues are not just property issues, but they can often be, you know, dealing with the council, universal credits, yes. etc. Um, when you're managing serviced accommodation, you're not really dealing with tenants, are you? No, we're dealing with guests. Dealing with guests. So yeah, what, what's the big difference in your head between the two? Uh, I think the biggest difference that you're dealing with guests, they pay before they stay. And after their stay's gone, they cannot stay in that property. They have to go. Even if they don't want to go, they actually have to go. Uh, the return is higher, service accommodation, that's what we're finding. And it gives the investor a better return on their investment as well, which is what we're all about. And then you started to do deal packaging. Yes. So how does, so you start off, you take it, you've got some properties, you, some of you previously owned, did you turn the ones you owned into service accommodation? As each one is come, becoming vacant, I'm actually turning into service. Yes. Okay, so you got some properties you own that you turned into service accommodation. Yes. You took properties off other landlords on a guaranteed rent from them as service accommodation. That's correct. And then you started to manage some for other people. Yes. And then you went, "Am I missing a trick here? Deal packaging." Yes. What's deal packaging, and how do you do that? And what do you do? Well, what it is, we offer a turnkey service because we've got investors there who are cash rich but time poor. So they come to us and they say do it all. And what we mean by that is we want you to find a property, we want you to furnish a property, photograph the property and manage the property. Right. And I just thought there's a gap here. And especially the fact that I had the little bit of agency practice, I could actually go and sit on the other side of the fence now and talk to these guys that people used to talk to me. Yeah. So that's the reason I got into a service to come, um, deal packaging, sorry, but the fact that there were people asking, there was a demand right. for it. So would you do you do any type of deal packaging or do you specialise in sort of finding deals for people who want to then run them as SAs so you can feed them into your management part? That is that is probably our biggest part. Um, and we started off with single sort of properties, but we've also been offered some blocks as well for the bigger investor. Right. Um, and then you mentioned um, a no money down deal. Yeah. Tell us about that. What's that? Um, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but if it wasn't for Progressive, I wouldn't have ha not had that no money down deal. I actually met somebody on one of the masterminds who introduced me to their seller who was a tired landlord from London. It was, he'd had enough of this property, he had a sitting tenant in there, he wanted out. And it was a great deal, two properties split into two, two uh, blocks of four studios in there and we purchased them for Am I allowed to say the figures? Yeah, yeah. 222,000. The great thing about it, we didn't have to put a penny down. He lent us the money. Right, so the vendor finance. Vendor basically. finance. He yeah. lent us the money over three years. It's only a year into the deal now anyway. Yeah. At a really low interest. We then actually got uh, bridging finance. Again, we didn't have to put any of our own money down to refurbish the properties. So 225, 150 probably for the refurbishment and the interest and they're gonna be revalued at about 550,000, which means that we can take all our money out and still have a little bit to take the wife on holiday. So you'd have, well, if you revalue them at 550? 550. 75% loan to value mortgage, you'll get everything out you put back in and that 25% equity yes. is basically your profit. Yes. So you're gonna make about 25% profit. But the, even better, we're making about £25,000 a year rent out of it as so, well. Now, that, when you say £25,000 a year rent, is that the rental income or is that the profit? That's the profit. Profit. From just one deal that you put no money into. That's correct. Right. And something, <laughs> that's something really interesting. I talk about this all the time and people go, can I really do this? This is in London. 
It's it's not in it's not in London, but it's uh, it's in it's in Norfolk. I'm from oh, sorry, near London. You met the person. I met them, in London. That's correct. Yes. So you met them in London. Yes. But they had a deal in Norfolk. That's correct. Okay. Yes. So, how important? Obviously, you've come to Progressive and you've learnt and you've gained the knowledge around deal packaging and service accommodation and no money down mm. and stuff. How important has been the people? So, and I don't mean the mentors and stuff. I mean the other delegates, the other vetoes, the other people that come here to learn as well. How important have they been to you on your journey? They're the most important. Yeah. They're the most important because you're learning from them, you're networking with them, you become more confident with them as well because you're all talking the same language and you all want the same thing as well so very very important I, I, without meeting another fellow student you would not have been able to do this deal you would never have known about this deal i would never have yeah. known about this deal and i guess this this student that why did that student not do it themselves they had just done different trainings no, to you no very 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 valid because they had a, a relationship with the seller and they didn't want to get involved right so they just said, you know, I even asked them, do they want a joint venture? They didn't want to do it. It's because of the relationship. And they said, you'll do it. So she packaged the deal to me. Oh, so you do deal packaging when yes. you sell deals to others, but yet you bought a deal off somebody else. Yes. And this is one of the things I talk a lot about in property. It's all about collaboration. And if you're sitting at home and trying to do property alone, reading a book or listening to a podcast like you are now, trying to gain all the knowledge, one of the key missing ingredients is people. You're not meeting people. You're not collaborating with people. You're not um, sharing stuff and passing things on to people. Because I, I hear a lot of people, well, if somebody finds a deal, why do they not keep it themselves? And why would somebody give a deal away, etc.? But you're actually an estate agent, former estate agent who used to run agency but didn't do property much for themselves, does it way more now for yourself on the other side of the fence. But you're also a deal packager who sells deals but you're, you buy them too. Yes. So um, give us a bit more insight into the thought process of this, of why why would a deal packager sell a deal and not, and not keep it themselves? And then why would a deal packager buy a deal and not find it themselves? I think uh, not every deal is going to fit the criteria that, that I want. And maybe it's location. Maybe we get offered a deal and it's not the right location that we actually operate in. Yeah. So it may not work for us. So it's easy to sell. Then there'll be deals that do meet all the criteria and we know that there's margin in there and we'll actually go ahead and do it, you know, buy it ourselves. So no other reason than that, to be honest with you. Um, and like I said, if, if, especially the fact that we're building our service accommodation business as well, the more that we can actually sell our investors, the more they're going to be wanting to manage their properties for us as well. And I guess if you're finding deals, you could find, you know, three, four, five deals a week or a month or whatever it may be. Um, and you're not going to be able to do them all yourself anyway. So you no. probably keep some, pass no. on the others. Rather than just walk away from the others, you just give it to somebody else and get a fee for it. That's the nice thing about it, 100%. So what's the bigger plan in terms of the, the next stage? Is it, are you now, are you at the sort of the end goal? Is this it for Vito? You're just going to continue for the next... You've got 50 odd years left in you yet. Bless you. Are you going to, I've got to be nice to you, Vito, I've got to be nice to you. Are you going to continue on doing the same thing for the next number of years or are you, are you going to look at doing additional things? What's the, I guess, what's the end game? I've only just started. Just started? I've only, I've only just started. I've seen there is another site to property and I think that's what excites me. I've always loved property anyway, but I love it even more on this side of the fence. And do I want to carry on learning? Absolutely. Do I want to carry on investing in myself? Absolutely. 
Because if I hadn't done that at the start, when I saw you at Masopi all those years ago, I wouldn't have had that deal. Where it's yeah. making me 25 grand a year with no money down. So we want to continue to continue to grow in our SA management business. We want to continue to do our own acquisitions as well. Yeah. And that is through singles, but as well as actual blocks as well. So yeah, we want to we want to continue we want to continue to grow. Now you mentioned there a few times you said we we. So are you doing this alone or who do you do it with? I've got two partners. Right. Um, I've got my daughter Daniela. Uh, that's an interesting partnership. <laughs> father, father, father and daughter, and she had ten years hospitality uh, experience working for the Hilton. So she's now gone full time into um, property with us. And right. then there's also Joanna Carr, who we actually teamed up with, who's also right. another service accommodation provider. And we do it together. So right. the three together uh, and are stronger. Did, how did you come off, how did you find Joanna? Where did you meet Joanna? <laughs> we found her in, in, in lockdown. <laughs> found her in lockdown on uh, Free Progressive when we used to do the masterclasses through Zoom. Okay, yeah. So uh, we met up because we, we had some synergy as far as working in the same area, doing the same business. And ever since then, we've kept in contact. We set up a cleaning company together. And then now we've actually do the service accommodation business together. together. Right. So again, another collaboration within the community. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and by doing it that way as well, you build up that trust over a period of time yeah. that know that you can work together. And I found that's really important. Now, I'm going to chuck you under a bus here. Thank you. Because I know your daughter listens to this podcast. Well, I don't <laughs> actually know that, but I'm hoping she does. So um, you said that's an interesting partnership. So um, what's the pros and cons of working with family, especially daughters? Emotion. <laughs> they love their daddies. <laughs> um, the pros are... Be honest now. <laughs> pros are I love her. I trust her. And the the uh, disadvantages are we tend to do this from time to time. Right. But that's a far from Now, for anybody watching the podcast, when he says, or listening to the podcast, when he goes, do this, he means clash. <laughs> they clash. A lot. Especially with so. the Italian in us, yes, definitely there's a lot of clash in there. So um, does that, do, do you think that it helps the father-daughter relationship or do you think that it creates a bit of stress in the father-daughter relationship? How do you deal with the clashes? Um, uh, has it been better for no, the relationship? No, I, th I, think, I think it's good. I think we understand each other more now as well. And uh, I think it gives me the extra push, knowing that I actually have two partners there I'm responsible right. for. Yeah, and uh, you know I want to do you know just as well for them as I do for myself. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because like if I do, I've got two kids and I do property a lot for my family, um, and making sure the kids are taken care of, mm. and they're just kids. They're like you know four and six at the moment, and my daughter turns four in a couple of weeks' time. My son's six. Um, you're doing this with your daughter, where this is her income you're feeding her yes so i guess that can give you a lot of uh drive to make sure you don't irish it up absolutely yeah <laughs> a lot of drive how much you'll come and blame me so no it's, it's got to work and, and it is working thank goodness so um what would you say to anybody who's listened to the podcast at the moment thinking you know is now a good time to do property with all the media information out there about the recession and i read recently an article from the bank of england where the, one of the, one of the uh, governors or whatever, not the governor of the Bank of England, but one of his sidekicks said that people in the UK should accept that we're poorer. Um, what would you say to people who listen to this thinking, you know, there's a recession on, everyone should accept they're poorer. Um, is there going to be a property crash? 
um, is now the worst time ever to do property or the best time ever to do property or just an okay to time to do property? What sort of advice would you give people? From my tender young age, I worked in two, uh, two recessions and, uh, and I found that in both recessions, there's been some people who have actually made a lot of money out of it. The people that haven't been fearful, the people that have had the right mindset and the right people behind them. And, uh, and I think it is a great time to get into property, especially as people are fearful. As the old saying says, you know, be greedy when others are, are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So I actually think it's a great, great time to get into property because there will be some opportunities out there if you have the right mindset and you have the right people behind you. And do you feel that you could do property anywhere in the country? Does property work everywhere? Because a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to do property, but I'm in the wrong area. Yes, it works absolutely anywhere. There, there are always deals out there, depending on what your strategy is, but it works absolutely everywhere. Brilliant. So, Rigi, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey with us. Vito, Thank you. Obviously, you've been smashing it so far. This is just the beginning for you, but 20-something plus SA properties, yes. um, packaging deals on now, doing deals with no money. Um, yeah, this is. I can see you going and hitting those goals over the next couple of years and the next few years to come. So, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey with us. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on future interviews with people like Vito, who are absolutely smashing it in their property journeys right now, if you want to learn how you could get started too, make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. It's out every single Tuesday. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. So do not miss future episodes. I've been Kevin (laughs) McDonald. He's been Vito Yanelli, and I'll see you next time.